This is their fourth release since their inception in 2014. Titan, welcome and thank you for coming on the podcast. Hi, great having us. I'm uh, proud to be here on Gyro Metal. Um, it's, it's fun, fun being with you. I just have to say one thing. Um, there is a, pro a problem with the connection, actually. I could only hear about half of what you said. It sounds like, like a robot, actually. Okay. Uh, if we have any troubles during the podcast, let me know, and I have no problem repeating myself. Okay. Okay. So you have to actually, sorry, you have to repeat your last question. Oh, I was just saying welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So, it's great being here. It's great to be talking with people again. We just played two is. shows uh, last weekend, one in, in the Netherlands and one in Belgium. And it's absolutely fantastic to play in front of people again. People who are standing, actually, not sitting, which was most of the summer situation, actually. People sitting at tables. So at the moment, it really feels like uh, the life that we all know and like is slowly but surely coming back. Absolutely. Were there many restrictions at the concert? Sorry? Were there any restrictions at the concerts? Uh, not that I know. I mean, in, in, in the Netherlands, they had, um, get, got rid of the, um, the, 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 what do you say about the, the, the distancing was already, um, out of the system, I think two or three, three weeks before we played and the same situation in Belgium. So it, it really looked absolutely like uh, normal concerts like back in the day. It's, it's different in Germany. In Germany there are certain restrictions, but in, 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 in Netherlands and Belgium, it, it, at least for us, it felt totally normal. Yeah. And it's good to get back on stage, too. Oh, yeah. So Hammer King has a cool backstory. It's based around the character of the Hammer King, and you've built up lore and stories over the years. What's your inspiration for this? Hmm. Honestly, um, my, my answer is always the same. For me, writing music and lyrics is, um, I mean, what, what Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys used to say, you don't write the songs, you just receive them in a way. And that's what happens usually. I mean, now we're, we've started working uh, on, on the fifth album, on the follow-up already. It seems that the new songs are a little bit, little bit darker than the old ones. So lyrically, I think we will also get into some dark ages probably for the king usually the music is first and then when when you start working on the music when you jam around when you play the songs the lyrics follow it's, it's not really an intention it's just things happen the way they are it was with the first album it was totally spontaneous with the fourth album we were totally spontaneous again so there is not much thought about music it's just um going with the flow going with the emotion with the feeling that's all that's cool and do you guys have um like are the albums in chronological order? Do they tell a, a continuous story? Um, yes and no, actually. I mean, all of our albums are um, like like a collection of, 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 of stories, maybe like a small book in the same universe. Okay. So it's, it's not necessarily start to finish, but the first album was about the kingdom itself, while the second was a war and a battles album. The third was a nautical album, and, and the, the fourth one is totally about the king himself, so you can change the order of the albums. You even can change the, the order of the songs most of the time. But nevertheless, it's, it's one book that tells the stories. It's not necessary, not necessary that you read the stories in a, in a certain uh, order, but you read the, the stories of the same book. Okay. And when you're writing these stories, do you find difficulties uh, writing through song rather than something like a book? 
I think for songs it's easy because usually, I mean, if, if you look at a song, maybe a song is four and a half minutes, five minutes long. So basically mm -hmm. you have two or three verses. It's, it's almost difficult not to write more because you really have, have to squeeze anything into in, the, in that short, short um, amount of, of, of lines that you can write. I think writing a book would be tr quite, quite tricky for me because you really have to follow a logical order in the book. I mean, in, okay, in the songs, the music is, is music is the king. I mean, that, that's what rules, actually, in a song. It, it has to sound great. Mm. It has to have a good flow. So writing a song is, is quite natural. And so when you started forming this band, how did you guys come up with, um, I guess, with the theme? How did you guys come up with a power metal band that's f based around one specific character? Well, our, our legend says that the king came to us. We had no other chance. One day he stood there with his gigantic hammer. The hammer was still wet from blood from his enemies. And he told us, you are the band. And we said, okay, what other chance do we have? You, you got our lives and we can live in your kingdom. I mean, um, on the other hand, outside of the legend, it was um, we started writing songs in that certain direction. And we, one, one of a sudden, as I said before, things happen when, when writing music. We started singing about a king. And then, then I asked mm -hmm. Rolf, the drummer, we are singing about a king here. It's, it's strange. It just happened. And we had three songs all about a king. And then Dolph said, well, the most brutal king, the most ruthless king certainly would have a gigantic hammer. And then we looked up on the internet about the name Hammer King. And the strange thing is, it was totally for us because no other band was named Hammer King. And it's so obvious, actually. So we said, okay, fantastic. So now we are Hammer King. And the rest just happened naturally, actually. Once you start awesome. with that thing, you can you can take it to the top and beyond. Yeah, you guys have a very creative way of approaching this for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another thing, uh, your stage name is Titan Fox. Uh, where did that come from? And do the other band members have stage names? Um, of course, I say that all these names are our real names. That's for sure. Especially mm -hmm. when it comes to um, to to um, to to Dolphin Ain McCallum on the drums and Gino Wild for sure. I mean, um, you can see that I performed under a different name when I was in Ross the Boss, of course. I think mm -hmm. um, I should have changed my name even back then because as, as a German guy by the name of Fuchs, that was always very tricky for, for, the, other, for the other countries. I mean, I once played with a guy who was from a Christian background and he, he was so busy telling everybody that my name was Fuchs because he was shit scared that, that somebody could mean it's fuck. And that was so evil for him that he was scared all the time. So I should have gone by at least Patrick Fox back in the day. But I just missed that opportunity. And when we started again, I knew that I didn't want to have a name that nobody can pronounce. And so once we, we started having these more or less adventurous guys in the band with, with great names, I just said... What am I? I mean, I'm one meter and 72 centimeters high. So a Titan, I'm not basically. So I had to be Titanic in, from, from the inside. And that's why I went with that name. It's like, like a protection, like a shield, like an armor in a way. Oh, that's it cool. looks good on paper, oh. by the way. <laughs> For sure. Um, when you guys play on stage, do you stay in character? Do you have, um, yeah, I guess, do you have like a theme or do you guys stay in character? Yeah, but most of most of the time, yes. Most of the time, yes. Um, I mean, at first, we, we, we claimed to be from the kingdom of Saint-Tropez, which was the reason that I talked with a with a faux French accent for some years on, on, on stage. I got rid yeah. of it now because it, it really was, I mean, 
some things are, are great for a time. And then, of course, Titan being on international stages, he, he learned English. And so my accent disappeared of, over the years. Um, but of course, when we, when we go to stage, we come from the kingdom. We tell the people from uh, what our king has, has given us to say. And so basically there is a certain a certain form that we, we keep when we're on stage. I mean, there's certain rituals, certain stories that I tell all the time. There is one story about the, um, uh, the, the man, not the women, only men are connected with the universe. And at night, the power of the universe transcends into our bodies And it, it, it's, um, it centers in our middle, but the middle of the man is not here. It's a little bit down there. And that's why you can see every morning that the king is rising, stuff like this. <laughs> so we, we have certain, certain things or there is a certain way that I introduce the members of the band to the audience. In a way, it's strange. If, if I play on a festival, I have to decide, do I do the speech or do I play a song? It's really tricky. There are two speeches that almost have a better impact than the songs. So it's going to be tricky when we hit the festival stages next year. 35 minutes of playing, hmm, two speeches, well, that's going to be tricky. Five songs, six songs, something around that. But, but it's part yeah. of the show, and, and I think it is part of the identity of the band. So you guys interact quite a bit with the audience members then. Sorry, say it again. It wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't. Sorry. you guys um, interact quite a bit with the audience members then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's very, very important. For me, it's, it's important as a frontman, once I start connecting to the guys in the audience, the show is on, on a better level, it's on a higher level, actually. So it's, it's always the most important thing to make sure between, in the first two speeches that you do that we want to have that connection with the audience and that we're hopefully slightly different than the other bands because when you play on a festival, you have to be different than the other bands, otherwise nobody will remember you. Exactly. So do you prefer playing your own tour or do you prefer playing festivals? Huh, that's tricky. I mean, last, last week we had a festival in, in the Netherlands and we had a club, a club show in, in Belgium. The, the purpose was to play the festival show and the club show was just like a, like a bonus. In the end, the club show was almost, almost more fun than the festival, actually, because uh, we had like two hours. We could really take the time and, and play a shitload of songs and, and, and connect with hmm. the audience. So, I mean, maybe, maybe my answer is, 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 of course, I like both. The, the festival is fantastic because you can reach out to an audience that is already there. The club show will only have the audience that's coming for us. So the festival is very important. But to be honest, the club shows are fantastic. It's, it's, it's more intimate. You can really make it your own show and not squeeze anything you got into 40 minutes and hope that you can, can, can finish on time, actually. So the club shows are relaxing. Exactly. I find with smaller shows too, you have a better chance to meet the band members, you get a chance to get better pictures, and often you'll see the band members hanging around in the, in the audience afterwards. Right, right. Yeah. So, the album cover is really nice. I like, the, I like how it looks almost like Sub-Zero and Scorpion from Mortal Kombat with the gigantic Mjolnir. Is that something you guys were looking at doing? Is that something that you had in mind, or is that just something that came out? Um, as this album was about the king, or is about the king himself, we um, tried several artists this time and then said, can you send us a, a sketch? How do you think the king will look? What will he look like? I mean, what is your idea? And um, nobody had seen the king before. And um, 
so we were working with with Andreas Marshall, who did the Blind Guardian artworks, for example. He he gave us one, and it was really fantastic. But in the end, most of the of the the sketches that we got, the king wasn't prominent enough. He wasn't dominant enough. And then then we 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 got the uh, the the sketch from Peter Salai, who also I think he worked with Sabaton, and maybe he worked with Powerwolf. I'm not quite sure. Uh, and, and once he sent it, we knew, okay, this this will have the energy that we were looking for. And we said, okay, finish it. Just finish it off. We had some um, requirements, uh, requirements that we had. We wanted to have pieces of our uniforms, of our costumes, also on the king and the, the way the hammer had to look. We changed that, I think, two, two times. But it was a quick one. And what we really liked is, is the, the, the sheer energy that the, the, the artwork has, the ruthless character of the king, and yet there are so many details in the background. When you when you got the vinyl, it really looks killer, actually. So it was mm-hmm. w- was great working with Peter Salai, and we totally will keep on working with him for the next for the next artwork as well. And the con- uh, the contrast between the colors definitely <coughs> complements the album cover as well. Uh, say it again, please. So, oh, I just said that the colors on the album cover uh, complement each other quite well. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So. Back to, uh, well, your name, uh, you were talking about how it's hard for people on the international stage to understand or to pronounce your name. Um, is that one of the reasons that you guys sing in English? Uh, no, actually not. Um, we have, um, I think I have never sung in German, have I? Not on a stage, I think. <laughs> I don't remember, at least. Um, I mean, I was, I was raised on, on, on rock music, on metal, and all, everybody was singing English, and... Um, Honestly, the German language is is weird when you when you use it for music. I mean, it it, it totally works for for Rammstein, because Rammstein they have got this certain very overly German approach to their music, and if you if you go with with things like du hast or uh, Gott weiß ich will kein Engel sein, it is it is so so aggressive. It's so mm, so strange, but it, it doesn't have a real flow. It's very military mm-hmm. in a way, and. For me personally, it, it was never a question what language to, to sing in. I mean, it's easier for me to write to write rock music lyrics or metal lyrics in English anyway. And um, after a, a certain warm up, it's it's easy it's easy to talk on in, in, in English on a stage. It, it sounds like metal when you do it, and when you when you talk German, it it, it doesn't sound like a metal show. So basically, playing in in other countries is even helpful. Uh, so there was no question at all. I mean, we have some. We have some German words, some German words in, in Hammerschlag, for example, on the first album there was Adalas, The Blood of Sacrifice, where we used simple, simple sentences in, in German that you can sing along when you're English, when you're French, when you're Belgian, whatever. So, I mean, especially when you look at Hammerschlag, which basically means like the total impact of a hammer that's that's a word that that doesn't exist in other languages. Not in the same. You can say hammer, hammer down or something like this. It's never the same thing. It's it's totally German, and we knew that th- this would be perfect for the song, so we used it. But I'm not even sure if we ever will sing an entire song in German. I don't think so. Oh, fair enough. And so sometimes it's um, choosing a different word in German could actually be easier than using corresponding words or explanations in English. Yeah, sometimes totally. Yeah, sometimes. So maybe we will keep using uh, single German words if they really make sense. I mean, Hammerschlag was when we when we parted ways with our f- first bass player, KK Baseman. 
it was tricky. It was, he was a friend and we really liked each other a lot. But at a certain point, things were not really going smoothly anyway. And we parted mm -hmm. ways and it, it, it felt really hard for us. And a fan and a friend of the band, he said, wow, what has happened? It's a real Hammerschlag with Hammer King because the impact was so drastic. And we said, wow, Hammerschlag totally, totally fits the music we just got. And we just took the title and, and, and put it on top of the, of the song. So there was no better expression in, in, in English anyway. But who knows? Maybe it will happen again. I don't know. I'm open. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into singing then? You've been, uh, you've been in the game for 20 years more? I think more than 20 years, right? If you, if you really count the um, amateur days, I think my first show... Oh yeah, my first show was 25 years ago. I was still in school, but it was my first show on a stage. Nice. Yeah, it's, so it's what brought you into singing then? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, what yeah. brought you into singing? How did you get interested in it? Sorry, the connection was away. I didn't hear a single word. Oh, sorry. Um, how did you get into singing and what drew you to it? Ah. Uh, the, the interesting thing is I always thought that I would be a singer, although I could not sing back when I was a child. I mean, I, I could sing like a child. Every child can sing in a way, but <laughs> I wasn't trained at all. But I always, always thought that I would need to be the singer in a way. And then when I started, in, in band, started playing in bands, I was too shy to do it. And then one day there was a guy who said, okay, I will be the singer. And I thought, okay, he's going to be the singer. And he started singing and he really sucked. I mean, he was, he was singing everything at least eight no notes lower than the original. I thought, you think that is singing? I mean, then please let me have a try. And I did it. And at least I was singing uh, the, the Iron Maiden songs in, in the right key. And so yep. everybody said, okay, he has to do it. And I thought, okay, so I have to do it. And I, for me, that was like the the protection shield around me that we obviously didn't have anyone else. So it wasn't me claiming I was a singer. It was just out of the, necess of the necessity to have anyone singing. And so I kept going. And I mean, I could sing and play the guitar at the same time, which was something that the other guys basically could not do. So maybe that was, that was everything. And we, we did it for, for a couple of years and, and then I got better actually. And, and yeah, so, so here I am 25 years later, actually. And obviously still enjoying it. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. Good. Um, when you look back at your older uh, records or your older work, how do you pick out what you want to change and how do you become better as a singer? Oh, that's tricky. I mean, um, lately, when we were at a club, somebody played our older albums he was maybe using spotify it was a mix of everything and i i was listening to to our own music for the first time in, in months or years I, i really don't know usually when when you make an album you work on the songs as long as you need to finish them then you record them in the studio then you check on the mix in the master and then you hear them again when you do the video and then you play the songs but once you start start playing the songs live you basically don't play the album anymore And that's that's quite interesting when you when you go back and check on your own work. Sometimes it's quite inspiring to hear the spirit that you had when you did it, because of course you sound sound a lot younger on, on the earlier albums, even if it's only five years. You can hear that. Um, so I am usually the person who says I would not change a single thing on an album. You would not paint the smile of the Mona Lisa. I mean, in a way, I would because I don't like the. I, I don't like the picture, but 
Um, usually, <laughs> I think you could not change it. As a fan, I hate it when bands go back and change something. I mean, Megadeth used to, to, to release remasters, I think, in 2004 or something, where they changed some guitar parts. That's where I mm-hmm. personally think, I mean, I want to have the album from 84, not the album from 2040, uh, 2004, sorry. So I think you should not change a thing. But, of course, there are some points that you maybe would like to change if you have the chance. I mean, on our second album, King is Rising, there is a song called Warrior's Reign, where I personally think I understand what I wanted to do when we recorded it. But when I listen to it nowadays, I must say I just wasn't ready to do it. The, the vocals are very high and, and, and quite thin, and maybe I would kick off that song of the album. But then on the other hand, it's just my opinion. If a fan needs to, to listen to that song, maybe they want to hear the entire album. Maybe mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear what, what Def Leppard did on their first album. Not everything was perfect, but that was their intention. And to me, that's, that's perfect, listening to a young band, doing wacky things in a way. I mean, if you listen to the first Halloween album, that's that's over the top and the vocals are tremendous. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. But is it really well sung? Um, actually, it isn't. The spirit was right. So maybe you should never change anything and just leave it the way it is. But of course, if you look back, you say, wow, I should have done this differently. And I know on, on Poseidon will carry us home on the song... Uh, Oh, what's the, the song? The third song, the second song. That's the uh, King is a Deadly Machine. That's the one where we actually use a slightly different vocal melody in the live setting because it developed over the over the years, and it's totally better than the studio w- version. I would like to have that on the album, but I think I wouldn't change it. So we we have to put out a live album, and then it's on that one. So basically, uh, but it's tricky. I mean, you you are totally critical with your own work all the time, of course. Yeah, it's better not to listen to the albums at all. <laughs> so what happens when the king's not happy with the song? Sorry? What happens when the king's not happy with the song? Oh my God. Let's not imagine. I mean, he has a gigantic hammer. And maybe <laughs> he will use it. I mean, one guy is already out of the band. You don't know what happened to him. So I'm doing my very best to stay in the band. Just keep plugging away. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so you said you grew up listening to rock and metal. Um, what were some of the first power metal bands that you got into and what drew you to that type of music specifically? I remember officially I started listening of, uh, to metal officially in, oh, what, 91, I think. Uh, and that was Halloween. The first thing that I got from Halloween was the Live in the UK album, which I think think is one of the greatest live albums of all times, even if it only has se- seven songs, which is ridiculous. And they even left away the concert opener and start with, with song two on the album, which is totally stupid, but it's a fantastic album. And um, But I know that I listened to Warlock's Triumph, Triumph and Agony even before that. That was my first, my first contact with heavy metal. I, I played the album to death, and then I was listening, I think, to other stuff. And then when Halloween came into my life, I mostly settled settled on, on heavy metal. So it was it was Halloween. The second band that I followed was Wasp, and then of course Gamma Ray, which is, is a spin-off in a way of Halloween, of course, and and the rest yeah, is history. So so after, over the years, I mean, I got an entire room stuffed with with only music and, and CDs and, and DVDs and, and vinyl. I started collecting vinyl now, which is 
another passion. And uh, so, and of course, I'm listening to to lots of music outside the metal world. There is Russian, there is Wishbone Ash, and, and, and the Beach Boys. I like the Beach Boys a lot. Very good for for choir vocals, actually, for arranging them and learning to sing uh, high without pressuring your voice. So there's there's a lot of music to be to to be played, but. In the end, when I have to to decide on, on just one direction, it will always be heavy metal. So maybe from Judas Priest to to Iron Maiden to Halloween and um, some some other stuff in between. I was quite a fan of Nevermore, and um, I just rediscovered not rediscovered it's the wrong way. I just played all the Morgana Le Fay albums uh, in a row because I was driving to Munich and back. It was exactly the time that you need to play all the albums in a row. That was fantastic, great great music. There's so many great bands out there, and it's worth listening to all of them. I almost just forgot what I was going to ask you. <laughs> just give me one moment here. Um, so you started listening to Halloween. I'm just trying to... Th- I had lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry. So your other band... Uh, per- forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's Lord Vigo? Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Right, right, yeah. Okay. It's a very... It's a very drastic change from Hammer King. So mm. what kind of doom bands did you like prior to getting into Lord Vigo and how different is it playing both styles of music? It's very strange actually, because um, there are certain things that I do in Lord Vigo, especially as a guitarist that I can't do in Hammer King. And sometimes when we're writing guitar parts for Lord Vigo, there is this certain epic approach and there is long solos and I always say to 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 uh, Volgus, the guy in, in Lord Vigo, fuck it, I need to do something like this in Hammer King, and it just won't happen. Maybe it's only the tuning of the guitar, because we have, I think we're two full steps down with the, with the Lord Vigo guitars, and this sound that the guitar has inspires you to do some things, which the other tuning in Hammer King doesn't do. So that's it's, mm-hmm. the, the strange thing is, it's very easy, whatever I write in, and I'm not right, the only writer, we all write in Lord Vigo, what, whatever I contribute to, to Lord Vigo just comes from out of here. And I can't have the same idea when, it, when I do things for Hammer King. It's just the way it is. I don't know why. And so it's really, really great. I mean, every time we finish a Lord Vigo album, I sit there and say, wow, this is really intense. This is very musical. This is high class. And on the other hand, uh, it's, it's like... I bought the entire discography of Candlemas back in the day. And I said, wow, Candlemas is so intense. I totally respect this band. But the thing is, I think I've never heard one of their albums more than two or three times because it's just not entirely my cup of tea. It's fantastic. And I understand it's intense and it's very, 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 very good, actually. But um, it's not my music. I mean, if if you look at Genesis... We all know that the old Genesis stuff with Peter Gabriel was totally from a different world. But if I listen to Genesis, I usually take the things from the 80s because I just like it. I like the pop approach that they had, and I think that was the best pop music ever written, and I like it. And therefore, I respect and understand the Lord Vigo music, but I breathe the Hammer King music. That's just natural to me. I like short songs. I like a great chorus that you can get into that's entertaining me in a way, and so... Yep, that's that's just who I am. Well, there's also a different type of energy coming from a power metal band than either death or thrash. Um, completely yeah, yeah. different types of audience too. Mm. 
I mean, there, there's, as, as you said, it's different types of energy. And um, the good thing is that one isn't better than the other. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So if, if, yep. if you like to listen to, to epic music, that's perfect. If you like to listen to thrash metal, I'm a huge fan of thrash metal. That's the purest form of metal to me. But again, am I listening to it very often? Actually not. Maybe one, once, twice in a year, I take out some thrash albums and, and play them, and I really enjoy them. I say, wow, this energy is so pure and so true. And then I put it away and, and reach out for something more, more poppy again. It's just, I, I like that. I mean, that's the saying, don't bore us, get to the chorus. I mean, that's, that's really my type of music. I like to, to yeah. listen to a song with a great hook line and enjoy it. And yeah, so that's a different type of energy. And something you can sing along to. Totally, totally, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I know this is a short episode, but uh, Titan, is there anything else you'd like to say? I am absolutely happy to be able to play music live again. That's the greatest thing that has happened in, in the last year, one and a half years, almost two years. Um, so, I mean, to all of you out there listening, I mean, as far as you can go and as far as it's safe, enjoy the music while you can go out there and, and, and enjoy it in a live situation. I mean, we have seen that we can get through such a, a quite drastic time. It's very good that we did it, but let's be quick. Let's, let's have it over with and, and, and enjoy life again, enjoy music life and meet your friends. That's, that's something that I really enjoyed so much in the last couple of months when it slowly came back and music has to be played on the stage actually. Let's meet the people, and especially in metal, it's uh, totally in our style of metal. It's about exchanging energies, us on stage, the audience in front of the stage, me singing, them singing back. And so I really missed that connection a lot, and it was so wonderful to have it back. So I'm absolutely glad that the people returned, actually. The, the concerts were, were packed, and that's a very good thing. I mean, especially in our type of music, the audience does not go away and I'm totally totally thankful for that because I know it's 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 not the case in other in other uh, parts of music so I'm I'm proud and happy to say in, in, in metal the fans are fantastic and loyal and I'm very very glad to be back thanks for everyone and do you have any parting messages from the Hammer King yes give your life to the king because if you live with the king there is no corona there is sheer abundance there is money gold and girls so give your life to the king and enjoy a great life in relative freedom <laughs> as far as the king allows you so god bless the king may the king bless all of you thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time on gyro nation metal please don't forget to like share and subscribe the podcast can be found on twitter instagram and facebook if you would like to support this podcast please consider checking out my patreon Thank you.